podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button if you are watching on YouTube or subscribe if you are listening wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay here with Espo and Gerald. Gentlemen, how you feeling on this Tuesday afternoon? Relationships will die today. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought yesterday's cereal bracket was bad, just wait until today's we've chosen violence people we're already arguing and we haven't even started the bracket like i'm just really concerned because gerald i thought you and i were going to be like best buds (sighs) after the like working together like Mm -hmm. i like who you are and Mm -hmm. now i'm questioning everything (laughs) we have we we see eye to eye on tv shows but apparently movies we just are on opposite ends of the spectrum it's just the way we're not even gonna get into it just hang tight till the end (laughs) We're going to talk some Suns basketball first, and then Mm -hmm. we will get into some crazy shenanigans. Um, But as Sean says in the the chat, relationships are already dead. So (laughs) stick around for some chaos. Lucky charms suck. All right. (laughs) So first and foremost, one of the biggest things that we have all been talking about here recently is injuries. Unfortunately, the Suns have been kind of riddled with them as of late. And we all are asking the same question. What's going on with this person? What's going on with that person? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it because the fun, the Suns finally had practice today and we got an update from Coach Monty Williams. Now, before we kind of break this down and talk about it, let's just hear directly from Monty himself. This was his update on Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, and campaign. They all did everything today, but we didn't do any five-on-five, so they're they're all in much better shape than they were, Um, especially Jake. We we didn't know where he would end up, and Cam is feeling a lot better today, so we'll see with him. And Chris has has been able to do more and more um, in increments the last few days. You know, what that means, I'm, I'm not going to say anything from an official standpoint, but he is moving closer. Do you get excited when guys start to make serious progress like that, or are you just kind of waiting until you get the go from medical staff? Uh, I am. I mean, I, I'm not that. <laughs> Whatever that is, I'm not like that. But I, I do have to keep my focus on, you know, the plan for that day and the next day with regards to who we have. Um, and I find out from the medical team well in advance. So, But it is exciting to see guys on the floor doing more than they did before. Or if you have a bit of a scare like you had the other day with Jay, to see him walking around on the bench the other day, I, I felt like he was okay. And I could tell by his, his countenance that he wasn't, it wasn't serious. And then to see him you know, do everything today, that gives you a bit of... Um, a jolt, if you will. <laughs> Not excitement, I guess. Yeah, so there was initially some confusion because when Kellen first asked the question, he said Cam, and we all assumed because, you know, campaign was just out with a illness, a non-COVID illness, so it wasn't something that we expected right, like him to be commenting about. Be but Monty interpreted Cam as campaign. Uh, so his answer there was in regards to pain, not Crowder or not Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson did not practice today. That was the other update that we got uh, aside from Monty. But um, it's good that all three of those guys were able to practice. Like you said, no five on five. But um, 
you know, Crowder's thing, you know, he was dealing with a groin injury and then he landed on that guy's ankle. And uh, it was kind of scary for a minute there because, you know, he leaves the game, has to exit. But the way that he was back on the bench and able to play today, that's a positive sign. Payne, he said, was feeling a lot better uh, later on in our interview. He said he was feeling a lot better. They're going to see how his energy is tomorrow because it's, with a, a bug like that, it's it can kind of zap you of your energy. Um, so they're going to see about him. And as for Chris Paul, he talked about, you know, those increments of stuff he's been working on. Dwayne Rankin followed up and asked what those kind of increments were. And he kind of uh, stonewalled him. <laughs> he Money said, said, well, he can say hi. Yeah, he can tie <laughs> his shoes. <laughs> he can dribble. A he ball. can dribble. And then that's where he cut off. So all that we know right now about Chris is he can say hi, tie his shoes and dribble a basketball. That's I, progress. Yes, progress. I couldn't tie my shoes before uh, Chris Paul got injured and still can't. So Chris is, uh, is back doing more than I can. So. Yeah. And, and we uh, someone asked him about the report from The Athletic that was saying that Chris could be back as early as Wednesday. And he said he would never comment on anything that they, as in the team, did not release. Um, he said that's not something that came from us. That came from second party sources or something like that. So, um, OK, I have a question about that because we didn't touch on this yesterday. Sure. Um, I heard a lot of people on the Internet saying sources being Chris Paul because he's bored at home. Mm hmm. Do you feel like it was actually Chris Paul or Chris Paul's people who shared that information? Well, what are you thinking? If the team isn't releasing it, it's usually the agent side. I mean, that's usually the two sides that something gets leaked from. So I'd imagine it, it's probably Chris's camp because he's itching to get back out there. <laughs> uh, I I heard uh, and I, or I think it was our friend uh, Flex said he's hearing Thursday mm -hmm. rather than Wednesday, but it's soon is what I'm gathering based on everything we're hearing. When when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we talked about this on the last episode, how on practice before they left for their Sacramento trip, how they were keeping us waiting in the lobby for 45 minutes, most likely because Chris was getting some run. Then we see that pregame workout in Sacramento like he's clearly ramping up. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if it came from his party, as long as it's not like a type of power play type thing where like put play him type deal. As long as he's fully healthy, I'm fine with it. They do need to get a little bit of a rhythm. Monty talked about that as well. Um, you know, getting your playoff rotation in order, getting guys back in a game rhythm, a conditioning rhythm, all of that stuff is helpful with this handful of games that they have before the playoffs start, especially since the one seed's all but locked up at this point. Yeah, I'm sure it's not a power play. I mean, yeah. to, to a peek behind the curtain, sometimes this is a guy like a Sam Amick may may have had something in the past that he was asked not to run with, mm -hmm. and then in turn you get something like this as a, hey, you did us a solid, so Here's we're going to do you yeah. a solid. That's kind mm -hmm. of the way... Not There's to, a not, lot of trading happening yes. behind the scenes yeah. when <laughs> yes. it comes to what is shared uh, with the public versus what is kept close. There's right. an art and a dance to all there that. Is. Sorry, Gerald, to uh, peel the curtain back on <laughs> no, on fine. your world, but that's that. that but there's I mean, a dance to ultimately, it. at the end of the day, it's probably a lot of it is like you said, it's it's giving a scoop to somebody for whatever reason, but it's also to build some anticipation mm -hmm. to get people excited mm -hmm. and to get some eyeballs back on not just the Suns but Chris Paul's return to the Suns. Yeah. The more you can, it's like. Movies and things of that. You drop trailers, right? You mm -hmm. tease people. You 
You get them really look, looking forward to things, and then it, they're You said uh, they're, movies, and I got triggered already <laughs> just thinking hold about it. Hold on. So that, that, that thing in pregame of Chris Paul working working out before the Kings game that they showed mm-hmm. was the teaser trailer? Is yeah, that what we're getting yeah. to? Exactly. The article yeah. was the full trailer, yeah. and now we're just waiting for the release date. Exactly. I see how it is. That's how it works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else on those three guys specifically that you want to share? Um, not on them, but we could talk about just real quick. Cause I asked about Frank Kaminsky cause he was out there shooting with the bigs as well. Um, Monty said he's done a bit more drill work with the team than he has in recent weeks. He's doing a little bit more ramping up a little bit, but he hasn't been able to do five on five or even when they do, um, kind of five on O he called it, they run through their sets and, and situations and stuff like that. Kaminsky hasn't been able to participate yet. So, uh, it's, he's still probably a ways away. Uh, but it is good to see him out there shooting and, and practicing in some of the drills with the team. Do you get a sense in in terms of not to go back, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> in terms of uh, Cam Johnson, mm-hmm. that uh, that there's any concern with how long it's taking. I've had some people on Twitter uh, seeming concerned. Some people on our Discord. Right. To me, seems like just precaution. But what are you hearing? Yeah, I would guess so. I, I think. It's one of those situations where if he could play, he'd be out there just because of how many guys they've had down, especially recently when Jay missed a couple games. But um, I don't think it's something that'll linger into the playoffs. If you remember back to last year, Cam Johnson was dealing with kind of a wrist or a hand thing heading into the playoffs, and there was some concern because he was on a ice-cold streak heading into the postseason. And then he turns around, and I think it was the fourth highest true shooting percentage in an NBA playoff run. Uh, in the history that Cam Johnson had. So he's a guy that even if he's only back a couple games before the start of the playoffs, I'm sure he'll be able to work the rust off again. And, and he's been playing some of his best basketball, so it's unfortunate he went down. But I don't think it's something that's going to linger into the playoffs. I think it's just kind of surprising how long it's taken for that to clear up a little bit. Yeah, People hear bruise contusion and they mm-hmm. think, oh, it's like when I get a bruise or whatever, but this could be bone bruise. It could be deep right. bruise, which is totally well, they different. They were talking a lot about just the blood buildup kind of mm-hmm. in there, which I personally have not heard before yeah. when talking about injuries. So I feel like that means it was a little bit more substantial than maybe what they anticipated at first. Yeah, it's, an, it's entirely possible, but that's so, all we know for now. We'll, we'll see if he's upgraded at all his status. I'm assuming he's out for tomorrow. We'll see about Thursday and then Sunday. My guess for Chris Paul's return would probably be Thursday or Sunday just because of the back-to-back coming up, but we'll see. Do you think Thursday could be the day because that's – I mean, look, magic number's two. Mm -hmm. So they win Wednesday. Mm -hmm. They control their own destiny Thursday to wrap up the one seed. Yeah, It gives them (laughs) one game that has some meaning to it. But you you also – I mean, that could be irrelevant – come Thursday too because yeah. if the Grizzlies fall or drop one mm-hmm. and then they win tomorrow yeah. then that they could be over there. already yeah they just don't want to let Denver say uh, you know that uh, or let us say oh if only we had Chris Paul against Denver you right know, so. I, I think on their list of things it's just you know taking care they always approach it one game at a time so I think when they're looking at that Nuggets game they're thinking less about the one seed and they're thinking more about like second night of a back-to-back it'd be great if we got this guy back like that would really help yeah and, you know, you look at some of the heavy minutes that guys have been playing, Mikhail especially, it'd be good to have a starter like Chris back and give him as much time as possible to shake the cobwebs off and, and get back in a game rhythm. 
So what the last thing I have on these kind of this group of players that we've been talking about here, Frank Kaminsky. James Jones did say a while back that he would be surprised if Frank was not back before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Hey, what is your gut telling you, both of you? Gut intuition, a week, two weeks? Are we talking like the very last two games of the season? That's what I would guess. And I have the no last two games yeah, of the season. I have no background information on this, but just based on everything that we've been told about him, based on the fact that he hasn't been doing five on five yet, you know, there's only ten games left in the season. And because they have that center rotation of DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee, and Bismarck Biombo with Torrey Craig being able to play a small ball five, like they don't need him to come back. Mm-hmm. If if they didn't have Bismarck or if JaVale was banged up or something, maybe we'd see him you know, trying to ramp up sooner, but given his injury history, I think they're playing it cautious with him and, you know, they don't need him back. They would like to have him back, but I, I would guess maybe one or two, three games before the playoff starts, maybe he's back. Look, he's he's going to come back with three games left and in the final game, he's dropping 31 and I'm going <laughs> to cry like a damn baby. That's what's going to happen. It'll be a great day on this show, that's for sure. All right, before we move on, we're going to take a quick break um, because college basketball fans, it's time to join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. With who? DraftKings Draft Sportsbook. DraftKings, all right. <laughs> Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. I know, right? Amazing. It's really simple. If they win, you win. Now, if you're already a user of the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Same-game parlays. That means if you combine multiple bets from the same game, you're going to get a bigger payout. What? Like, So I could say, hey, this team's going to win, and this dude's going to drop 30? Yeah, and then you're going to get even more money. How do I add more legs? Just like add additional bets? I don't know. Don't ask me that. All right. Okay. Well, (laughs) let's get back to it. $5, Lindsay? $5. So listen, all you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only. If you have a gambling problem, ESPO, <clears throat> 1-800-NEXT-STEP, <laughs> new customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. What was that promo code again? B-H-N-A. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Do we got more, or is that we're nope, just doing that's one it for right now? Damn. All right, I thought we were gonna run through all of them so you don't forget. <laughs> that them. was just a one-time okay. thing. Okay, two more to go then. Thing. Just two, so you know, two or so to go. <laughs> all right. So we also did get to hear from Mikel Bridges today at practice, and I always mm-hmm. love hearing from Mikel Bridges. He always, he's a fun guy to chat <laughs> he with. Is. He always gives you guys a little grief back as well. <laughs> but what were some of the highlights from that conversation? Yeah, um, so we, we talked to Alfred Payton and Mikhail, and one question, something that an article that I'm working on is Monty Williams's co- case for coach of the year. And so we asked them both, you know, their thoughts. Obviously, they're biased. They play for the guy. But Alfred <laughs> Payton said it's not even close, like he should be the number one choice, and it's not close. Mikhail Bridges said he should have won it last year, which is what we've been saying for a year now. Um, so it, it's we're going to get more of these sound bites as – the weeks roll on to build up to this piece, but it's, I I struggle with anyone else being above Monty for coach of the year. I've been saying this over and over. So it is nice to hear 
these guys bringing legitimate reasons, concrete reasons to the table about why Monty is the best as far as the way that he manages this group, the way that he motivates them, keeps them locked in, keeps them focused on a day-to-day basis. Like That is so hard to do over the course of an 82-game season, especially as a team coming off a finals run. Like They have every right to just coast through the regular season and then want to turn it on for the playoffs, but this group just doesn't approach it that way, and Monty is a huge part of that. Um, and just the way their offense has been humming with guys in and out of the lineup. You know, we talk about all the other teams' injuries all the time, but the Suns have only played 32 games with DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, mm-hmm. and Chris Paul in the lineup together. And they're still nine games better than the next closest team. Do you think he could potentially be a victim of his own success, though? Yeah. Has he been too good, Jerry? I do. And I honestly, <laughs> there's some there's some historical precedence for this because if you look at the list of teams that have won at an 80% clip like the Suns, I think only four of those 18 teams had the coach of the year that season. So it's almost like teams that are historically great are too good. They're penalized for being too good, probably because they have great players, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure helps. But it's just like I have a hard time. If you look at their record from the start of the bubble, how much more dominant they've been than every other team. You know, we're going to look back on this two year stretch if Monty doesn't win this year and wonder how the hell that man never won a coach of the year award. All right, guys, we have a very special guest joining us now, friend of the program, Chris Vernon. You may know him from the Ringer NBA and NFL show or from the Chris Vernon show at Grind City Media. Vernon, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. What a setup you guys have. Good grief. I need <laughs> a studio you. like that. Hey, we've seen your Grind City Media studio. <laughs> you're, not, you're not broadcasting from mom's basement in there either. So. <laughs> no, we got, a, we got a really nice setup ourselves, but I like, I need more decorations like you guys. <laughs> we got you. I'll send you some, uh, some Pinterest ideas. <laughs> I'll text you after the show. <laughs> Perfect. Listen, before we make you talk solely just about the Phoenix Suns, let's first talk a little bit about the Suns and the Grizzlies. So two of the top teams in the league, of course. I want to know your opinion. How do you think these two teams would match up in a playoff series? Um, I think it would be very tough for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, the Suns have been, I think, you know, I go to every game that's in Memphis and the two best teams that I've seen in person this year. And I've been talking about this throughout the year. So I get to come by this honest um, Phoenix in the West and Miami in the East. Those were the two that I walked out of the arena and I was like, damn. And I think a lot of it is it's the matchups and it's like the whole grown men thing. You know, they've got some veterans. They've got some toughness uh, like Paul, like Crowder. They've got bridges that they put on Morant. Um, they were a bad. They were a tough matchup for the Grizzlies for sure. Um, they are the only team that I that I think like I would be stunned if the Grizzlies beat them. Other than that, I think the Grizzlies. If you told me the Grizzlies beat the Warriors, I would not be stunned. And on down the line, maybe Dallas. Dallas been a pretty bad matchup. Um, but they haven't had Dylan Brooks for those games. But I, I, I certainly think that, you know, Phoenix is the number one team, and I certainly think they are the the class of the conference. I think unless they, you know, didn't have Paul or had some kind of injury, I, I think it's going to be very difficult for anybody in the West to beat them. I want to ask in terms of Ja Morant. 
We yeah. hear, we've heard the hype. We've seen the highlights. Is he as good as as the national media has has made him out to be, or is it because he has such amazing highlights that he he gets additional attention because of that? You're a guy that sees him on a nightly yeah. basis. Yeah, I mean, you always get additional highlights. Or anytime you get additional highlights, you're going to get a lot more love. But, you know, he started the All-Star game for a reason. Um, he is a bona fide like, superstar. He does the superstar stuff. So I would say I, I almost think he's better than some of the hype. <laughs> and that's just because people check the highlights, but – as you guys know, when you're watching games, you see guys make winning plays or you see like a game in the balance and you see guys take over, um, you know, and, and I know you guys have seen a lot with Chris there, you know, where it's like this feeling of it's a close game with three minutes left to go. We've got our guy. You've got your guy. All right, let's go. And let's see who wins. And he's that. He's that. It, he is the guy that you feel comfort that he is on your team with two minutes left to go in a one or two possession game and that he's going to deliver. And obviously by their record, he has delivered over and over again. And, you know, when it all really started last year, when they got into the playoffs, they played Utah and he had 47 in a playoff game against the number one seed against the number one defense. And that was kind of like a sign of things to come. But this year, He's taken that leap. Like, it's like I've, talk, I've said this before. He skipped, like, stardom. He went straight from a guy that everybody thought was very good and a, a guy that people were high on to superstar level. This guy's got the ball with the game on the line, and he's going to deliver. And much like he kind of skipped that middle step, that's what the Grizzlies did. They just skipped that middle step completely. Usually you're – fringe playoff team, then your middle-of-the-pack playoff team, then your home-court advantage playoff team. Uh, but they skipped that. They went straight to home-court advantage, second-seed playoff team, and I think a large part of that is because he is just unbelievable. Yeah, we understand that here in yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> we know that well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. You Suns skipped fans. every step. <laughs> yeah, Suns fans are definitely familiar with the uh, late-game abilities that you're talking about as well you know that game winner that he had here in mm -hmm. phoenix yeah. a few months back oh oh poor bane yeah. <laughs> you know what i was talking about your swag that is the one thing i do have in my studio <laughs> in fact i've got it up on my wall can you guys see that look at that it's, uh, you see it sorry to Aaron Baines, but I mean, I've got that damn thing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I am curious though, because you talked about, you know, there are some similarities between the Suns and the Grizzlies, the way that last year, the Suns just took that leap that nobody kind of saw coming from them. Grizzlies, same deal this year. So just based on your feeling for the fan base and the media out there, what would constitute a good season for the Grizzlies? Cause they are still a young team. They got to the playoffs last year. Yeah. Oh God, man. Um, because I heard somebody a couple weeks ago, like picking them to be in the Western conference finals. And I got queasy because, <laughs> because you know, like, and I don't know how you guys felt last year, but you know, much like 
the Suns, they had some momentum mm -hmm. from the year before, right? They, they Everybody got hurt in the bubble, and uh, Jaron got hurt in the bubble, and Ja had a great last game, but they lost that play-in thing to uh, uh, to Portland. And so mm -hmm. Portland ended up getting in. So they run it back next uh, the next year, last year, and still really didn't have Jaron the whole time, and it was like a surprise, the fact that they were even in the mix. And, in fact, they had to win on the road in Golden State to even get there. Mm -hmm. So that was just like, I mean, cloud nine stuff. Mm -hmm. This season has all just been an absolute, like, dream. And mm -hmm. so when I say that I heard somebody picking them to make the West Finals and I got queasy, it's because I don't want this – to ever be framed as a disappointment. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they are so far ahead of any kind of schedule that anyone could have ever put on them. And mm -hmm. so the fact that they have overachieved in this massive, massive way um, in relation to expectations, you know, I don't want to set them up for, I mean, but they haven't been through, they don't have playoff scars. They've got, you know, those five games they played against Utah last year. But typically, you know, you do have to go through it. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that they're an outstanding team. And I do think that they have, much like Phoenix, the culture thing is real. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think you hear it. Lord knows I've, I've covered 10 coaches in Memphis. Every one of them comes in and says, we got to have a culture. We're going to change the culture. Like Taylor We're Jenkins. Familiar. <laughs> Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, right. Taylor Jenkins and that front office, like they did it. And, you know, the truth is culture's player driven, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you had Monty and you had, uh, and you had Chris and we had Taylor Jenkins and we had John Morant and, Make no mistake, it all emanates from that. If those guys aren't, you know, in lockstep, which yours are, ours are, um, and then it all like filters down. Uh, but typically, you gotta, typically you gotta win uh, in the playoffs. I do think that they're gonna be okay uh, in the first, you know, round, probably the second round. But again, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be viewed as some kind of disappointment because mm -hmm. they are just, they're so far ahead of schedule. This was not supposed to be like this. They are so good, so fast. And it's all just been, it's all been fun. It's mm -hmm. been fun. You're right. And so uh, you hate the idea that they would be looked at as underwhelming in any way. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most exciting parts for us, too, with the Suns is just like how much fun we are actually yeah. having right now compared to right. the past. Same for you, I'm sure. So I, I have a question just kind of because you cover the Grizzlies, obviously, and you have been for a really long time, but you are also a part of the national media. So what are your thoughts on just different teams who maybe you could consider? I don't even like this kind of phrase, but like the, the mid-level market teams, right? Actually becoming the front runners in the league right now versus teams like the Lakers. You're getting new teams who are at the top, new faces to highlight. What are your thoughts on kind of the shift of the powerhouses yeah. in the league? Well, I think, I think a part of that is that, and this has been good. Um, now look, <laughs> let me just say this, the disaster, the disaster, let me, I, I, 
let me just get the bad part out of the way. Because Kevin <laughs> and I talked about this on the mismatch this morning. The disaster would be that Kawhi Leonard becomes truly the king of load management and that he's fine and that they're playing possum and that he comes back and mm-hmm. George comes back and then they win the damn title or something like that. Right. Yep, so yeah. that's disaster land because then this whole, we traded every draft pick. We teamed up together for a super team. It worked like mm-hmm. it played out. All right. Save that. The Lakers being crappy is great. Um, <laughs> The Brooklyn Nets having their debacle with Harden off, you know, now already that thing kind of falling apart uh, worked out famously. And I do think that and then you have you think about the front runners for MVP right now. Giannis is a guy that's in a smaller market and he stayed and he's probably going to stay forever. Uh, Jokic, smaller market, has stayed. He's probably going to stay forever. Um Morant is up there like, it, it, you know, he's on those lists as one of the top five, six guys, smaller market loves Memphis has talked about how he wants to, you know, be there forever. Um, and, and people believe him in a way they don't believe some guys that are disingenuous uh, about it and are just saying that so that the fans like them at the time. <laughs> um, but I think you've seen like, a, like the whole grass isn't greener thing has worked out very well and take, Take Chris, for instance, right? Like he – I had a tremendous amount of respect for – he could have he dogged it. He could have forced his way out. He could have done all manner of things in Oklahoma City. And instead, he put that damn team on his back and almost got him home court advantage, you know? And then they did right by him, and he ends up in Phoenix, and next thing you know, he's playing in a finals there, yeah. right? Um, and so he kind of went a different route. Like he, could, You don't think Chris Paul could have – Walked over and forced his way to anywhere. He's Chris Paul. These guys can do it. And now you're seeing some of the younger players that are even trying to do it. And so I think that that's part of it. I think part of it is that the bigger markets have these teams that they've assembled like that. Um, and it hasn't worked out. Miami is, I mean, I don't want to say that one's not assembled though, because bam, they drafted bam and hero and, and they developed, Duncan Robinson and Max Struess and all these guys, they added Kyle, you know, and, uh, and they obviously were able to get Jimmy a couple of years ago though. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not like, Hey, here's these guys that are going to force their way to be able to go all play together. And that hasn't worked out. I mean, the Lakers had that bubble championship, but I mean, (laughs) it's one it's, so if you want to say that's one great year, but they didn't even get to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. The other three years have been rather crappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so <laughs> I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot of players that see that and they sit there and go, man, maybe grass ain't always greener. And and I think that benefits the smaller markets. I really do. Oh, Chris, you've brought up a lot of guys who've decided to stay in their city. One of which uh, is is here in Phoenix in Devin Booker. Today alone, we've heard the NBA great Isaiah Thomas say Devin Booker should be an MVP candidate. We've heard uh, Zach Lowe say, eh, he's, he's not even really a third-team All-NBA guy to me, but I'll put him in there. I want to know where do you stand on Devin Booker and if he's a superstar and what what his respect should be in this league. Oh, 
I mean, look, there's no question Booker is – when you – I was talking about, like, delivering at the end. Like, I mean, he, he's a guy that certainly you're fearful of if you're the opposing team uh, when he's got the ball. I do think that he's kind of – you know, I right before I came on, I heard you guys talking about Monty, you mm. know, and, 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 and that you could look back and – Jeez Louise, how did this guy not get a coach of the year or something like that? And I suppose that maybe uh, uh, Booker would get his due if it weren't for Chris. If I'm being honest with you guys, I think that so many people, you know, they look and they say, yeah, well, Devin Booker was there for a long time and they sucked. Like, what's the difference here? Like, yeah, and you can say it's all everything. It's Monty. It's it's uh, it's Aiton growing. It's Bridges becoming what he was. It's yeah. Jay Crowder coming over. There's obviously a lot of factors. But on the surface level, people think, like, Chris Paul went there, and they became awesome. Like, that's <laughs> And so that's the hard part for Devin, I think. I really do. Because it, – it, because, Yes, and look, they're eight and two in their last ten, right? Like uh, when I talked about the culture, that's obviously a real thing. And Booker has been outstanding. And Booker's even played point guard in some of these games where he's dominating the ball. And I think that it would almost take. I, I think that Chris going there and them becoming good instantly, right? Like that, it was very hard to gauge for everybody, how much better Booker got, how much better Bridges got, how much mm. better Aiton got, how much better all those guys got, because so much of the credit then is like, well, yeah, they got Chris Paul, and look at that, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and because they were pretty good, pretty good, in the, you know, and they had a good run uh, at the bubble. Mm -hmm. And then they got Chris, and everything changed. Mm. And so it's like even if you have gotten a lot better – you don't necessarily get the credit that you deserve because Chris came there and he's going to get a lot of the credit. So is Booker an all NBA guy, all NBA team guy in your books? <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, if I, I think that once you get to like the, I don't think he's going to be in the first two teams. I mean, this, this year is going to be crazy because they got to figure out what they're doing with the, with the bigs. Are they going to really, because yeah, even just that first team, you remember last year, some guys voted for Jokic and they didn't vote for Embiid. Right. And this yeah. year, they haven't really figured out yet if they're going to do it with centers and, for, you know, if they're going to list them both at center and forward, because that sets the whole thing in motion. Yeah. Right. Like if you're not putting, if you're going to put Jokic and Embiid both on that first team and, weirdly list one of them at forward, even though they've never played forward in their life, then the trickle down of that is immense. Mm -hmm. Now that changes everything for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it, I, I don't think it's crazy. Again, I think Booker gets hurt by Paul. That's what I tell you. Yeah. I, I think that's the I frustrating think, thing for us. Sorry, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the frustrating thing for us is because for so long, Booker was seen as an empty calories guy. He was, the guy that puts up good numbers on a losing team. And now that he's yep. on the best team in the NBA by a wide margin, he's yeah, still, no. and his numbers are slightly down. 
it's like, well, he's got Chris Paul or well, he's on. I think that's probably the frustrating thing. But my right, my last question. If people talk about MVP. They talk about Chris. If they talk about all that, you know what I mean? It's like, right. okay, do they get two guys? Right. And, and it's and it's tough because he's put up great numbers since Chris has been out, too. But right. my, my last question, you alluded to it earlier, because obviously we're biased here in Phoenix. You guys are, are you've got you're out there in Memphis. Coach of the year. Make your case for Taylor Jenkins, because obviously for me, it's one A and one B between those two. But I'm curious to your thoughts on the coach of the year race. I, I do not think that they're I, look. This is not one of those. When you have these coaches do such an unbelievable job, mm-hmm. um, I would say that I'm not going to go irate over over Andy. Uh, you know, the, these guys, to me, it would have to be somebody insanely goofy for me to get mad about it. I think mm-hmm. you've got kind of a usual suspects. Um, the case would be, Nobody picked the Grizzlies to be anywhere ahead of the play-in mm. at all. And so, if you didn't, if you weren't, if you were supposed to be like eighth, ninth, tenth, and you're second, mm. that's tough to beat. When you beat your Las Vegas, put their win total at a total that they beat by, like friggin' Martin Luther King Day or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like they smashed through. So if you're judging it on what were you expected to do versus what you achieved? And that's what we're going to give credit to coach for. Then I think that that's why, that's why Taylor Jenkins would be the front runner because Mm. it just, you you smash their expectations. I'm not telling you that's the right way to do it, but you asked Mm. me to make the case. That would be the case. I'll tell you this. One of the guys I would tell you that and sometimes the coach of the year may not necessarily be the guy that won the most, right? I don't know if you guys have seen them in person. I have absolutely no idea how the Clippers have won the amount of games. (laughs) It is like that guy is a magician. Mm -hmm. What he has done winning. What do they got? I'm looking here. They're almost 500. Mm. They're 36 and 37. I saw them in part. I've seen them now a couple of times. They're horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I leave the arena and I go, how in the hell have they won 30 something games? No, Paul or no, Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. It's crazy. But yeah. no, I don't think I think with Monty and with uh, with Taylor Jenkins, you're not going to go wrong either way. Um, and I think that the, the case would be that the Grizzlies were supposed to be a team fighting to get into the playoffs. And now they're the two seed. So I mean, then Monty got snubbed last year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Was it Tibbs? Is that a yeah. one? Yeah, Tibbs mm-hmm. won. It was Tibbs. That I mean, they were well. supposed to suck too, though. <laughs> Look, if Ty... They were like the five seed. If Ty Lu wins, we'll meet you in New York and we'll all go have a discussion at the uh, league offices because that's a problem. He's not, not going to win. It. No, no. Look, I'm not stumping for Ty Lu. I'm just telling you that the coaching job he's done is outrageous. I don't think Monty or Taylor Jenkins. It, I don't think anybody in the world is winning 30. I don't know what he's done. I don't know how. I don't know how he's won that, that many games. But look, I don't know where we where we. Most of Phoenix projections were first or second place, right? Wouldn't you say? This, this, this year, yes. This year, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's the problem: is the they lived up to expectations rather than smashing everybody's yeah. expectations. 
Who are you scared of? That's what I want to know. I'm flipping it on you. Hey, hey you guys. <laughs> I, I'm scared oh, of Memphis. No, I'm they're sc- not. I'm, uh, me personally, I am. I don't think the Suns themselves are. Oh, that's a, but that's a, team, that's a team that you think is dangerous to the Suns? I do. I mean, obviously Golden State's the wild card here, right? If if Steph and Draymond are playing up to their peak, that team can scare anybody. But right now as we stand, Memphis is is a scary proposition for the Suns and, and for me as a fan of the Suns because I just look at that team and they got nothing to lose. Like you're saying, they've smashed expectations so you can play freely like the Suns did last year. And they've got they've just got – the, the kind of defense and offense that I think makes them a challenge for a team like the Suns. What about the, are you fearful at all of AD Westbrook, LeBron, if they do get the <laughs> No, just watch, watch April 5th. Uh, you'll see how, how little Phoenix is scared of, <laughs> of, uh, of LA. Kevin asked me that this morning and I said, Phoenix will smash them. Yeah. <laughs> my, not at all. My favorite yeah, was that report. Was it, that was like, oh, they've got us right where they want us. The Lakers report from, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if the Lakers thing, want the Suns, there's more dysfunction there than we thought. <laughs> all right, the Golden State thing is wild too because they, like, you could just say that Draymond, Clay, Curry, it'll be like riding a bike, but it better be mm-hmm. because yeah. they hadn't logged a. I mean, it's like right when Clay came back, Draymond went out, and mm-hmm. then right when Draymond came back. Curry went out. And you could say, you could just, I mean, they're going to test the theory. Does mm-hmm. it matter if they've gotten the requisite amount of minutes with those guys around them, those ancillary parts? And can they just, after Clay hadn't, he hadn't played basketball in two years, and then he has still, and he hasn't played with these guys in forever either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not a lot of minutes that they're going to have logged by the time you're getting into the most high leverage basketball you could play. I don't know, man. That's tough. Yeah, which is, that's the same reason the Kawhi Paul George thing doesn't scare me as much because there's just that lack of minutes too. So if he is playing the ultimate game of possum, I'm not particularly scared because there's not the, going to be the chemistry there. The, those two guys coming back to this group that's overachieved could just screw up the entire dynamic that they have there too uh, and going into the playoffs. Maybe, but I mean, they are. Yeah, the, the only thing, the, the weird thing about that is like you have. I think it was Chris Haynes in like January was like Kawhi's feeling better. He's progressing well. Like they were saying he was dunking. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be just like him to like be like just not want to play in the regular season? Oh yeah. So like yeah. And then he just he just sets a standard as a guy who like I really don't care about the. Re- like I I how many times do I have to? I only play when they force me to play anyway. <laughs> so now I found an owner that just is like fine with me not playing at all in the regular season as long as we get to the playoffs. And then he like shows up and he scores 35 points a game. That would be so bogus. That's the type of passive income we all need to be striving for in our lives. I know. I know. If he, he if he does it, AD's just going to claim that's what he's been doing. <laughs> that would look. No, uh, by the way. That would be uh, – you guys better take care of business if they're the eight and oh, yeah. just smash them because that's the worst-case scenario. I take back what I said. The Kawhi <laughs> thing is not the worst because he, like, actually, like, blew out his leg, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that – like, the idea that, like, LeBron, Westbrook, and AD could 
have like no games together, and then when they did have games together, suck, and then like get to the playoffs and then just start mangling people, and then they just make a total mockery of an 82 game season <laughs> that's the worst case scenario because then it's like oh now they, they haven't tried the whole damn year <laughs> and now all of a sudden they're trying and they're beating the shit out of people that yeah. would be terrible you would thanks. literally never hear the end of it thanks oh, yeah. chris oh. thanks chris i wasn't scared of the lakers until now <laughs> and now i have my nightmare don't, don't. i appreciate I it it's gonna oh, be it's okay my nightmare too trust me as a fan <laughs> of a small market team that i i i i I root against this. I, I said, I, um, <laughs> now, of course, it's falling apart for Brooklyn a little bit with the whole Harden thing, and who knows what's going on with Ben Simmons. But I remember months ago, I was like, no, 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 no. I am rooting for Brooklyn to do great because I want, I want it to be the greatest possible disappointment it can be. <laughs> I, want, I don't want them sneaking up on anybody. Like, I want them to, like, have put this together and then it fails. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. Um, because that I I do think that that ends up being good for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has been good for the NBA. I do. Mm-hmm. All right, Vernon. The last thing I have for you before we let you go, um, I'm gonna need you to start campaigning some more for Mikhail Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year, just <laughs> oh, as like a personal shoot. favor for me, please, and thank you. Jaren Jackson, Jaren Jackson plays for the Grizzlies, Lindsay, and. Uh, <laughs> We'll give you a toe to the year. He's leading lead the league in blocks. He's got all the, you know, Vorp, Raptor, Crafter, all the, you know, all the extra stuff. So I, I love Bridges. I think Bridges J- is just amazing. You don't have to, like, go full-blown. Just every few weeks, just drop a, his name just, just, just occasionally. The only uh, – look, what you need is some – you need somebody – Look, don't don't go with me. I'm not powerful enough. I'm trying to get everybody, everybody I can convince. Find the find find the writer, the, the just target a writer, and have them write the why Mikel Bridges is the defensive player of the year article. And because even we're ten games left, and it's kind of up in the air, people aren't married. That's what I found. People aren't married to any of these award picks, and there's ten games left. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it feels like these are still kind of in the balance. I feel like Mikel Bridges could have seven steals tomorrow night and he becomes the front runner. <laughs> or or Jerry Jackson could have eight blocks on national TV against the Nets tomorrow night and all of a sudden he wins the award. Like yeah. I really feel this way about how this is kind of in the balance. But you know, when what we know about the media is that they're they're all copycats too. And so you just need somebody to be the bold one to come out there and say, this guy is the defensive player of the year. And they all follow suit because they don't have their own strong opinion. The most of them not going to stand up and be like, well, no, it's not Mikel Bridges. It's Jared Jackson. Or no, it's not Jared Jackson. It's Mikel Bridges. Like, they'll just be like, oh, you know what? That actually makes sense. And I don't feel like doing all this work anyway. (laughs) 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 I will say this. I don't think there's a perimeter guy that's won it. Did Kawhi win one? I don't think he has. Kawhi has I, won. I think he's won one or two. Um, yeah, the but it, player of the year almost always goes to a big. Right. I don't think that's right. As no. a fan, look, as someone who hosted the show for years with Tony Allen, I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I will say that uh, 
I don't think there's been a. I'm gonna look this up while we're on here. I don't. That's why I'm saying you gotta you gotta help us out. You gotta switch <laughs> up the narrative. Like let's reward a non-big. I think it's been a long time. Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Rudy, Rudy, Draymond, Kawhi won it back to back years in yeah. 14, 15, and 15, 16, and then the year before Joakim Noah, Mark Gasol for the Grizzlies, and that's the year that Tony Allen probably should have won it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it should have been either Mark or Tony. But mm-hmm. Zach Lowe wrote an article why Mark Gasol should be Defensive Player of the Year, and he won him that award. Make no mistake about that. Yeah. Can, 100%. Can, can you put in a good word with uh, Mr. Bill Simmons and ask if he can come out of retirement <laughs> and write the McHale piece for us? He ain't going to write it, but if he says it on his pod, if he says it on his pod, it'll have power. You, you know, you guys aren't on national TV enough either, even after being in the damn finals. That's facts. <laughs> That's the true. show or the team, because I agree <laughs> on both fronts. Hey, that's what that's what honestly like hurts. Yeah, uh, it's same with the Grizzlies. You know mm. what I mean? Like if you're not on TV and people aren't seeing it, you know. And I'm not talking like hardcores like us that are checking out League Pass mm. and having awareness of a lot more going on and are keeping up with it daily. Uh, I'm talking about like just you know. I'm I'm out and about. I just flip on the TV and it's the game that's on, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's on ESPN or it's on TNT or it's on wherever. Like I mean, you those performances end up making they have lasting impressions on people, right? I can't tell you, you know. I feel like I've done it with Tatum twice in the last like two months. You see, I've seen him in these big national TV games, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like. Well, who is this? Like, guy, like he's crazy. Yeah. Like unbelievable scoring. Like it, but again, like it's hard to have those. Uh, it's it's hard to get the buzz unless you kind of have the stage. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I would say, well, you got another. When's your next big national TV one? You don't need anybody to do your help. You need to k- tell Mikel to get you seven steals in the game. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> Sunday against Philly. I think it's a yeah. matinee game. Oh, oh, if like just taking Harden completely out of the game, which honestly isn't a. It's not that big of a deal right now. <laughs> he can do that to himself. So. Yeah, he's shooting like twenty-seven percent from the field or something in the last you know two weeks. But, yeah, just, like, taking him out completely mm. or, like, even just those highlights. Like, it would be, like, those lock-up highlights where he ends up just quitting or he blocks his, you know, <laughs> step-back three. Um, that's what you need. You need yeah. those, like, those highlights to go around. I think we need a McHale block on a jaw dunk on April 1st, and that seals the deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think the universe would shatter if that happened. That'd be something Man. else for sure. Oh. Yeah, he needs to maybe maybe meet somebody at the rim too, McHale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or swat one like 30, 30 feet or you know, 30 rows <laughs> into the sand. <laughs> like just something spectacular. Because mm-hmm. defensive players, I mean, it's hard to make defensive play. Uh, you know, uh, unless it steals and blocks, right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's no such uh, defensive highlights are that's yep. tough to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Vernon, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time and your insight, and having some me. good conversation here. And everyone listening and watching, be sure to follow him on Twitter at Chris Vernon Show. 
We'll catch up with you uh, come April. Maybe we'll uh, have to have a little group yeah. text beef going yeah. on here. <laughs> I got I to get down there. I want to play that golf course I was just watching. Well, there you go. go. We'll, we'll make <laughs> it happen <laughs> if you get out when, here. When, when do they tear the stadium down? I want I, I want to play with the stadium. I think they already <laughs> tore it down, but we, we we come out for Super Bowl. We'll figure out how to get you out there. Yeah. Well, how about you guys just stand behind the green? You guys, <laughs> whatever you need, man, we'll make it happen. We got tons of young kids at this company who will gladly get drunk and cheer you on out there. I promise. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah. No, I hope I hope we meet each other in the West Finals for sure. All right, Vernon. We'll see you later. Right, guys. Thanks, guys. Always a good time chatting with Chris Vernon. He cracks me up every trip. single time. I love him. He's good people, that's for sure. Yeah. We still got like another 20 great. minutes left in the show, too. That's okay. Remember, we We're got ads, done. Lindsay. I, so. Yeah, okay. Well, let's do one real quick. Uh, let me tell you about Athletic Greens and why it's a no-brainer. One, it supports better sleep quality and recovery. Two, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Three, it costs you less than $3 a day, plus you're investing in your health. Um, I mean, we could go on and on and on. It has over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and more. Let, let me handle this, Lindsay. Okay, All right. you got this. Uh, the one thing to tell you about Athletic Greens is it makes me feel good. And when you look at this, and if I can feel good by taking something – that says a whole hell of a lot, all right? I'm just going to tell you that. I love me some Athletic Greens. I forgot mine today, and I am dragging. Like there, it is, it is better than a cup of coffee in the morning. It's better than five cups of coffee like I usually drink. It is my favorite thing to get me going. I can't wait to take it tomorrow morning. More energy than five <laughs> cups of coffee? It does. That's legit. That's a lot of energy. That is legit. I mean, if you guys want to try out some Athletic Greens and you want to invest in your health Now is a really great time to do so because they're making it really easy for you. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of (laughs) immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash suns. One more time, athleticgreens.com slash suns to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Easiest way to eat your vegetables without eating your vegetables. Yes. While we're also talking about health, we want you guys to remain healthy and safe out here in these streets. So, just a reminder, <laughs> children find When you out there in these streets. Broadcasting live to the streets. <laughs> I'm trying to make this when, funny. When I think streets, I think Lindsay Smith, all right? <laughs> anyway, uh, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Please don't get your vaccine from the streets. (laughs) No, please don't do that. Totally Totally different thing out there. Highly recommend doing the right way to get your vaccine. All right, you guys ready for some chaos? Are we going to bracket this? Should we speed bracket this? Let's speed bracket this. 
Let me just I'm tell gonna be you so right mad. quick. I already know it. We're going to do a bracket of Gerald's top movie franchise. These are not my top <laughs> movie franchises. were not included. What were not included? What was not included? What was not included? These are officially a bracket of Gerald's top movie franchises. These are not mine. These are the top movie franchises. Legally Blonde wasn't included. All right. Okay, let's... Let's backtrack. The He's, movie holds up. This, it does, though. It's not a franchise. <laughs> but it still holds up. All right, what Ger- do we have? Gerald's to blame for whatever's about to happen. Just I put remember. meticulous thought into the seating, which was way better than our cereal bracket. So I'm, I'm already let's, I'm immune let's to your go. backlash. What, what do we got first? The sequels of the first one. Oh, All the right. sequels. All of the sequels. So your seating was James Bond 1. With the number one, James Bond, versus the number four, Mission Impossible. Then we've got number two, Fast and Furious, versus number three, Rocky. Look, James, there is no Mission Impossible if there isn't a James Bond. Totally agree. So there's no argue for Mission Impossible here. I think James Bond should be a clean sweep here. Plus, Tom Cruise is kind of trash, so we're going to go James Bond. The Daniel Craig movies are phenomenal, by the way. I don't like Lindsay. any of these. Do- doesn't no. matter because we've know. already went Bond twice. So <laughs> you guys know. I'm going Rocky on this. Absolutely. At- Fast and Furious is overrated as hell. And Rocky has had some <laughs> Rocky won an Oscar, all right? Fast Did it really? and Furious. Yeah, the first Why? the first Rocky won Oscars. That's kind of hilarious. Go go look. Well, it did. Rock, Rocky moves forward. Okay, now what, James Bond or Rocky? Now I now think we just need tricky. to ask who wins in a fist fight, Rocky or James Bond. Well, that's not fair. I think James Bond still wins. Oh, wow, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. I don't think he wins in a fist fight, per se, but I think he wins in a fight because he's got a gun. Well, he also has gadgets that I'm sure Q gave him something to win a fist fight, too. Oh. I think James Bond stand, stands the test of time compared to, to compared to Rocky. I mean, yes. there's 500 James Bond movies. There's like 10 Rocky. Films. And they're all the exact same. Uh, the James, so James are Bond? the Rocky yeah. movies. No. The Rocky the movies Craig, are all the same. James Bond movies are like legitimately good movies. I mean, the this premise, is though, is like, it's the same. So every I disagree. There's like seven premises to any, in in the world. All movies are all <laughs> based all on the same kind of thing. So James Bond. Wait, did I'm you going James, James Bond? Yeah, yes. I'm going James Bond. I hate both of you. Hey, you said you Would didn't you... care about this. <laughs> well, so. I, I can't because both of you are gonna you you guys are literally the same person when it comes to movies. So no, I think well true. Just be not this is involved. what happened yesterday with the cereal bracket. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. I sided with both of you. I got teamed times. up on Cinnamon Life. Who has Cinnamon Life? Thank you, Saul. It's a cereal, <laughs> damn it. I, I will not, Let's, I will not, not have this conversation again. No, on to the next movie bracket. The next one's Heroes. Heroes. All right. For the number one seed, we've got Marvel movies versus the number four seed, Which Jason also, Bourne. Can we just say what? like Marvel movies? Yeah. So you're lumping They're franchises. all of them? Yeah, it's a franchise. You have to pick the a MCU. One. No, this is a franchise. This is movie franchise. No, we can save a specific Marvel movie for another just Marvel could, bracket yeah, down you, the line. You can have a 64 <laughs> team Marvel bracket. There's so many of those. I already movies. quit on this. Now we've got number two. Started, so. Oh, Lindsay's killing me with well, this. Let's make this really tough if we disagree. <laughs> we got number two DC versus number three John Wick. I uh, only have one that I truly care that moves forward in this. Okay. okay, look, Marvel has to move forward yeah. just because of its cultural impact. Yes. Over We threw Bourne a, a bone just even letting him in this bracket. This is true. Honestly. This I is, swear to God, if you move DC forward over John Wick, I am... Uh-oh. I, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm 
I'm gonna John Wick you. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, so Lindsay's gonna Lindsay, kill us. If Lin- we don't. No, she's gonna kill her. Do- somebody's gonna kill her dog. Her dog. No, you move And then we're gonna get blamed for it. Killing my dog. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah. Ooh, this is Espo. I know what Espo's gonna do. So this is gonna come uh, down to me. Yeah, it's gotta be DC. <laughs> Come I mean, on. look, without the original Bat- 1989 Batman, there isn't the Marvel series. Like, it gave legitimacy yeah. to that. And then the Dark Knight trilogy is the best three uh, three superhero movies uh, in, in in a trilogy that so there's ever been as well. basically what we're doing here is we're just going to spend 10 minutes of you and Gerald agreeing. What? <laughs> That's well, what no. we're doing here. This is what we should, this is what it's come down to. Oh, come on. I'm distraught. I put so much time into this bracket. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. Have you disagreed Are you yet? picking John Wick? I'm thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> Let me think about it. He's liar. afraid of Lindsay. That's what this comes down so, to. Here's my thing. DC. Lindsay's here's, here's the thing. DC movies outside of the Christopher Nolan trilogy, by and large, not that great. They have had That's some fair. good ones. They've That's been better. John Wick 1 through 3 are all bangers. There's only three of them, though. No, and DC look. has the Batman trilogy, which alone is better than John Wick. So I'm gonna go shocker with Th- DC. That's the <laughs> that's right. All right, I'm gonna go. John Wick is a fantastic franchise. Why even try? Franchise, Gerald, why even try? Our friendship is here's our first, why even try? Here's our first disagreement. Uh, it's like twisting I'm, the knife. I'm going DC. Oh no, because I'm going. the original Batman, the mm. original Superman mm. with Christopher Reeves, and the and the uh, Nolan trilogy, mm-hmm. without those, Marvel never even tries what they're doing. They yes. never even consider. I don't know going if that's that true because I feel like Marvel did that. Like they tried a couple times their own. That they did the Spider-Man movies. That wasn't MCU, but they tried. I'm going Marvel just because they have a higher success. Like they have a higher batting average. They release a lot of movies, but most of them are at least good to great. DC's. Like their track record spotty. Yeah, but their, their highs are high. Spotty. She's so mad. What are you at going me? with, Lindsay? <laughs> Lindsay? Honestly, I wanted to just say I refuse to participate. <laughs> I got the solid in the background over here saying, go Marvel. Shane, what do you think? Okay, it's Marvel. <laughs> just majority vote. <laughs> you all suck. This, this is again a this serial is lucky charms lucky all charm over. bullshit. <laughs> Again. You guys agree right, on literally almost everything. Next region, because Lindsay's just going to complain <laughs> the same thing. Let's upset. go. We got the fantasy bracket. No, no, or no, we're going adventure. Adventure. adventure, sorry. The number one seed is Lord of the Rings versus the four seed Pirates of the Caribbean. And then we've got the two seed Jurassic Park versus the three seed Indiana Jones. Okay. This is just disrespectful. It's not. It's disrespectful. It's not. Did you watch the last Indiana Jones? It was trash it I almost wasn't put great it, but it wasn't put trash. it in this it was and trash. the first handful of indiana jones were phenomenal the hey. three of them and back so in were the, the 80s, first yes. jurassic right. parks here's a hot take lord what, of the rings is total flaming trash Fish? no it yeah. absolutely is not elfin trash no no no, right. no i will not stand for this slander this it is awful it is not garbage i'm not doing i'm this. only no piling on because Shame. i'm not no way please what are they talking <laughs> I about no idea I work uh, with a bunch I'm of not, haters. Look, I'm not going to vote it over Pirates of the Caribbean. What the That's heck? disgraceful okay, okay, okay. because be Pirates stupid. of the Caribbean is hotter trash than okay, Lord of the, the Rings. The first three were good, wait, and then it wait. just went downhill. They just kept Come making on. them. It's, Come on. Listen, it's, it's, 
Lord of the Rings. Keith Richards is a pirate. Lord of the Rings is like a billion dollar franchise. We're not even having this debate. Lord of the Rings. Not even having this discussion. Listen, Lord of the Rings is fine. It's a great trilogy whatever but you only watch it one time and then that's it Pirates no you don't you don't even you watch don't it at one time it's too fucking you literally long why wouldn't you pick pirates of the caribbean <laughs> because it, it beats pirates of the caribbean but it ain't getting past whoever makes it through jurassic I park and thoroughly Indiana Jones. disagree i'm gonna be now so I mad when that happens about picking marvel over dc i'm mad at you oh, too espo i just uh, Overrated Lord. because I, I didn't can't, I can't, because I didn't pick I Johnny Depp's poor Keith Richards impersonation over Lord of the Apparently Rings. Apparently, the allegories about good versus evil are lost on this crowd. So we're gonna go to Jurassic Park versus Indiana Jones. That's Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> Indy, Indy's spending his time trying to find the bones that are from these dinosaurs. I'm not yeah, be like here tomorrow, I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> Just, just a heads up. Good, we can handle the post game, Gerald. Oh man, it's, it's Espo with the girth. <laughs> Please Call don't you. put that on a table. <laughs> so, who's your vote, Lindsay? Well, who's yours? I don't want no, you go you first. Go. I'll no, be the tiebreaker. You go. All right. Well, then to keep it interesting, I'll just say Indiana Jones because I don't really care either way. I love Jurassic Park a lot, but Indiana Jones was literally my childhood. So Indiana Jones. <laughs> why? Why is Edward in the chat say Indiana Jones is Nazis? Like that's that's the deciding factor. But they're the bad guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a weird argument. If they were the if they were the good guys, I'd understand your qualm. <laughs> Look. I, well, nobody ever is a fan of Espo. I'm fine with that. So who who are we taking in the I'm final? I'm taking game? Indy. It's Indiana Oh, that's Jones. so stupid, you guys. <laughs> no, that it's is not so Gerald. unbelievably stupid. No, it's yes, not. Yes, it is. Gerald. The last Indiana Jones was garbage. They had aliens in it. And the Lord of the it. Rings is 19 aliens. hours long. Fucking aliens. <laughs> what? time for that. Oh, and, my God. And you've got Adam Silver talking about a ring in lord of the rings my oh. precious like uh, no not that the, the disrespect <laughs> to adam silver and Gollum all at once i'm distraught <laughs> indiana jones moves on oh. the people selected it that and the people i mean us go. the people are flawed <laughs> so dumb I'm just here to stir the pot. This is the all. biggest upset of the bracket hey. by far. Hey, Indiana Jones by has far. Nazis. That's you know, when Indiana Jones gets oh, revamped Michael, into a million-dollar Amazon Michael show. Michael in the chat said Indy Four was much better than the Hobbit movies. Mm, Hobbit. Garbage. I don't know. I mean, they it was not better than the Hobbit movies. Them. First of all, I honestly didn't watch them. So I'm don't sorry. Know. Why is Indiana Jones running into a fridge in the middle of? The fucking to save himself from a nuclear blast. Why is Indiana Jones near a nuclear blast at all? (laughs) What are we doing here? Why are there like Uh, elfin things in hills? I don't know. What's it? A, what, where are we now? I don't know. What's where, we're in what's hell. Our last bracket? <laughs> we're in the last, uh, last region. It's the fantasy region. Oh, fantasy oh region. I'm gonna be so mad. Oh, I'm, I'm not even. Number one, <laughs> undisputed number one, Star Wars versus number four, Planet of the Apes. Number two, Harry Potter versus number three, Ghostbusters. I feel like you should have swapped Ghostbusters and Planet of the Apes. Yeah, probably. But that's fair. I still would have picked Ghostbusters. No, oh my god! <laughs> look, look, Star Wars. The answer is one hundred percent Planet of the Apes. I'm sorry. Oh my it's god! Look, it's not. Oh my god! <laughs> you you guys, just you have made an enemy for life look, with that yeah, one. Look, <laughs> I'm totally trolling look, right the, now. Okay, the original <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> uh, the the Mandalorian, the television series, mm-hmm. all, all great. 
We can forget Jar Jar Binks ever existed. Why does that make him so much? Throw one character out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get into let's get into the rule. Harry Potter versus Ghostbusters. It's Harry Potter. No, Harry Potter again. It's Harry Potter. Freaking trash. No, it is not. Freaking trash. Oh my god. The (laughs) allegories of good versus evil are just lost on these people. It's literally mind blowing. (laughs) It's mind. Blowing. I'm so <laughs> mad. Is so angry, and I'm just over here living my best life, adding oh, more fuel to this fire. Ghostbusters is not even that good, you guys. Ghostbusters is good versus good. evil. You see, you don't think ghosts versus humans is good versus evil? Uh, the first Potter, Ghostbusters uh, is a generational film. It is spectacular. Okay, People still reference it. Was actually, pretty cute. The, it was movie. decent. I did like I, it. I enjoyed it. It's yeah. no Harry Potter, but it was good. Are you picking Harry Potter? And you're Absolutely, picking Ghostbusters? I'm picking Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm gonna go Harry Potter. Oh, I figured that was the way I was gonna go, but <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna tell you, I prefer Ghostbusters way more than Harry Potter every day a, of the week. That's why I said you should have swapped Ghostbusters with Planet of the Apes here. Ghostbusters it is one of the. Be, I mean, it should be Ghostbusters and still, Harry Potter in these two, the next round. Ghostbusters, Star Wars and Harry Potter would still advance either way. Look, you're just battling. You're just semantics. I, right Ghostbusters now. is we one of the. Picked, we would have picked Ghostbusters. Is one of the most rewatchable films. There are. Hmm. All right. I'm going Star Wars because <laughs> screw Harry Potter. What? It's, it's screw, screw Harry Potter. On multiple reasons. Screw Harry did Potter. You, did you ever read the books, Espo? No. Then we're not even having because this conversation. I don't care about <laughs> magic. We're not even having a conversation. Oh, no. I'm aware we're doing movies. I'm aware we're doing movies. But you cannot say Harry Potter's trash if you never read the books. Harry Potter's 100%. You can't do it. Harry Potter. can't do it. Harry... Thank it's you. Solid in the background of Greek. <laughs> Harry Potter is oh, trash. Man. Y'all just can't Don't get me started on who with, wrote the books either. We'll go down that route. Yeah, well, that's not Sim- Sim- the whole thing sucks. Oh my god. I that's pick Harry Star Potter. Alright, I'm I'm going <laughs> If you screw this up, Gerald, after you just had a full on like I just Almost want Harry Potter to get attack. its respect. I'm still going Star Wars <laughs> because movie-wise. <laughs> Damn movie-wise, the movies are better. Like Harry Potter movies are fine. They're like a comfort movie during the holidays, but like the Star Wars movies are better. Oh my just god! Just better movies. Did you just call Harry Potter a Christmas movie? I didn't call Those it a Christmas movies. movie. I say it around <laughs> the holidays. It's a feel good movie around the holidays. Uh, I'm disappointed I, in you. I got oh. you feel good right here. Everybody's Gerald. just so mad at everybody right now. <laughs> this, this final four is, is going to be all right. Terrifying. We got the f- I'm oh all right. So we've got who do we what are the two? <laughs> well, this is nuts. We've got <laughs> Star Wars versus James Bond and Marvel versus Indiana Jones. <laughs> I I'm going Star Wars, obviously. I love James Bond, but like the older ones are kind of cheesy. Are you so crapping Star Wars, on Sean Connery? I'm not crapping. I respect oh, Sean Connery. Oh my god. I respect Sean Connery. But the only like legitimately movies that can kind of like stand alone of the bunch are the Daniel Craig ones. All of them. Except for the, the five Lazarby uh, Bond movies can stand by their Actually, own. Actually, wait, these are switched. It's Star Wars and Indiana Jones are facing off. Oh, okay. Oh, oh that, okay. No, leave it how it is. Nope, nope. that's fine. We're going to get Star Wars versus Bond anyways here in my mind. Are we? Yeah, are because... We? Are we? Vote for Star Wars? Vote for Indiana Jones. <sighs> I'm voting for Star Wars. You cannot vote for George Lucas's... Right. You, little brother you over his Bond, big brother. I'll vote for series. Jones. And okay. All right. Don't, there's no collusion. <laughs> what is this? So, 
So James Bond no. over Marvel. This right. is some bullshit. No, no, no. We're switching this back. <laughs> this turn. We were the best day ever. This is some bullshit. <laughs> we need to shake out this officially. I am uh, so right. it's mad. Official. It's official. This right. is bullshit. So erroneous. Stop the count. Okay, so let's go Stop back. Stop the count. <laughs> so Marvel versus Bond. I, I say Bond. Well, I was I didn't really have I'm anybody Marvel. in this in this fight, but it's I was Marvel. gonna say 007 came from James Bond, and that was my favorite video game growing up. So it's James oh Bond. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. So Bond moves on, and then we got Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Well, who are you this going with, is Gerald? So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> who are you going with, Gerald? <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> Maybe you guys can play some uh, Mario Kart after this too. Oh man! So who's your pick, Gerald? I'm not fucking voting. This is dumb. <laughs> so we got James Bond versus Indiana Jones. Oh. Who wins, J- Gerald? Who do you pick? I abstain. <laughs> who do you pick, Gerald? You have to pick Gerald. James Bond. All right, Bond wins. Dang it! <laughs> We really just voted James Bond for the number one movie franchise. What a travesty. I even set up phenomenal seating and we still couldn't avoid disaster. Hey, you made... You made enemies with uh, with Lindsay. How? And by and, putting Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones against each other in the first round, you started. Now this. you know how I felt when I had what was it Reese's Puffs out of the first <laughs> round yesterday. When that's my number one. <laughs> Fucking garbage. <laughs> we broke Gerald. I'm so upset. Oh uh, so God. if I had voted Harry Potter, would that have changed the Maybe. final outcome? Maybe, but you chose not. Because yeah, I would have had Harry Potter win over any of those teams anyway. Well, you'll you'll never know. You'll never know, Gerald. This is a travesty. The consequences of our actions. <laughs> Friendships have been destroyed today. Gerald, so here's the thing. Gerald's so angry because I literally never take these seriously. Uh, that's and why I'm angry. He cares so much about them, and I'm just over here trying to make his life miserable. Bless your heart, Gerald. I'm sorry that I am the way that I am. We, some Michael in the chat says we went scorched girth, and that's true. <laughs> Look, I love that this is becoming the running joke that somebody gets really pissed off at the bracket. I flipped a table yesterday. Gerald's cursing as if he's taken Saul's master class on the art of it. It's impressive. I love this. We've broken Gerald. We really had a final four without Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. I'm so upset. You would have had Lord of the Rings in your final four? Absolutely. That's aggressive. Absolutely. I don't know. No, mm-hmm. not the F word. Just the happy <laughs> I don't care about that. I can't wait till we have another bracket. <laughs> we could do it. Tomorrow. I'm gonna sabotage. I don't even. I don't even care what wins. I'm gonna sabotage everyone else. You, you have too. <laughs> this much is my Joker origin story. <laughs> no, Gerald, you have too much. Like. I don't even know what's the word I'm looking for. He would never throw something. Too much, too much integrity. There you go. Which we obviously completely <laughs> lack. Gerald has far too much integrity to hey, throw it in. I wish the camera bracket. had caught their handshake off screen. They literally oh, no, shook it caught hands. it on no, screen. They did. No, oh, they did. Yeah, we got yeah. it. Uh, got it. By the way, if you want to uh, reward Gerald for his integrity, go to gophnx.com. <laughs> get true. a membership. Uh, mm. You can read his articles where he gives you a six-part uh, dissertation <laughs> on why Lord Point of the two. Rings Point is two. one of the best films ever, and Harry Potter is right there with it. It's the so next if you great movie check it franchise out. for them to shit on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But for real, you should become a member at gophnx.com because Gerald puts in a lot of hard work. 
um, with integrity. Thank you. He makes sure things are done correctly <laughs> and not just for the hell of it, like Espo <laughs> and I do. So go read his articles because you might actually uh, learn something really cool. Is tomorrow the 16 PHNX employee bracket? <laughs> no. Oh, God. You want to burn no, some things down? Absolutely not. <laughs> a disaster. We are, we are in the business of, of poo-pooing on movies and serials, things that don't matter, not the business of destroying lives, okay? Arizona Beat oh. Riders tomorrow, the 16th person uh, bracket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, <laughs> we'll have a pregame show here on our YouTube page, a postgame show as well on our YouTube page. But if you can't make it, you can always listen to wherever you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, be sure to subscribe, rate, review. It helps us a lot and we really appreciate it. Thanks for. Uh, chatting with us in the chat and until tomorrow you can follow me on twitter at lindsay swith az you can follow gerald at gerald borgay and of course you can follow espo at espo remember some men just want to watch the world burn ahoy hoy.